0: If you're a millennial and you're maximum 40 years old, you're probably like, I got a long life. I don't have to worry about retirement yet. He can handle that. He can decide. He knows more about it than I do. 85% of married women believe their partners, their spouse, knows more about financial matters than they do. It's crazy.
1: The most common cause of bad customer experience isn't that high tech. It's embarrassingly simple it's answering questions. In e-commerce, it's really easy to get bogged down with common questions. Whether that's, where's my package? How do I return or exchange this item? Or just to cancel a subscription. SolvePath is an AI-driven customer support system that enhances the customer experience with visual formats and self-serve technology to empower your customers to handle their own support requests. Get the best customer support system for your business. Get SolvePath. Get started by visiting GetSolvePath.com. Welcome to FinTech Confidential, bringing you the people, tech, and companies that change how you pay and get paid. Robin welcome to the show thank you yesterday actually it wasn't yesterday earlier this week uh, you screened your documentary savvy and I thought it was really interesting because it really dove in and and it was investigative into how women and use money how they perceive money how over the, the history and socioeconomic classes, how money is perceived, and it really asks the question of why has it always been, why have women always been in the backseat when it comes to, to managing the money? And the part that I found most interesting is the fact that you, you premised it with how can they take control? It's not just talking about all the things that are bad, but it really switched it around to how to take control of them. Robin with you and Finish Line features your director and producer on Numerous. Of course, I had to pull you up on IMDb um, and looked at all of the stuff that you worked on. It's some really interesting stuff and you've won a bunch of awards. And one that I thought was really interesting was your latest one was Code before Savvy. Um, And that, that really opened my eyes to some of the things that I hadn't even thought about, some biases that I had, even though I have two children that um, are not cis in any sort of way. And so just seeing that whole interaction was really interesting for me. With Savvy, you dove into the financial topic. What was the thing that really drove you to go into such a taboo topic, especially around women?
0: Well, six years ago, I got divorced. And so the first time, for the first time in, in 24 years, I was solely responsible for my financial well-being. And even though I grew up with, you know, a father who's an investment counselor, and I have an MBA, I even worked in the stock market for a couple of years, um, I was not prepared uh, for just handling money on my own. And I, it really humbled me. Um, and I thought, boy, if I've got this situation, right, if I'm in a situation where I'm really well educated and I'm a little intimidated by figuring out how much I need to save for retirement, how do I budget? Um, there must be other women suffering much worse than I, right? So that's what made me interested in, in in this topic and as you mentioned i mean traditionally i i've I've made five films now, and four of them are are um, feature films that focus on uh, pressing societal issues, whether it was solving for ALS or unconscious bias or uh, debugging the gender gap in tech. Um, So I really felt like this was the next subject that would hopefully have some effect and impact on its viewers to to change how they view money.
1: When you were doing all the research, because... Being a creative myself, I know how much research goes into some of these things. I've never done a film, so I can only imagine how far it goes. What were the most important things that you learned through that journey of doing the research around financial technology?
0: Yeah, and, and a lot of this I have to give credit to my team because it, it really is all about having a team and having a team of very smart people. Um, the last thing you want to do is put some sort of a, a fact um, into a film and then have it debunked or have somebody you know realize that it's not right. So everything that's in that film is um, backed by sources, incredible sources. And that's really important to me as a filmmaker. I think the most shocking thing that I learned um, when I was making Savvy Documentary was the fact that it's not just our grandmother's generation or our mother's generation or maybe our generation that are abdicating major financial decisions to Somebody else, and usually that's the man in their life, millennials, millennial women are tending to turn a blind eye to personal finance more than any previous generation that's shocking. this is not something that's going away. It is not necessarily getting better why It's complicated, and it's it's hard to tell if i as I tell people if there was a really easy answer to that, I wouldn't have a documentary <laughs> film, but i'd say. A lot of it is ambient belonging. Um, women don't feel comfortable in the world of finance, uh, whether it's the jargon, the acronyms, um, whether it's the fact that there are you know, 95% men in uh, the stock market world, uh, whether the vast majority of investment counselors and money managers and wealth advisors are men, women just don't feel comfortable. Um, and I think that what happens is The longer a woman sort of sidelines herself from really understanding personal finance and taking an active role in it, the wider her confidence gap becomes. And so if you get married and if your husband or your partner is willing to take on the role of being the principal manager of finances, it is really easy to just be able to throw your hands up and say, okay, fine, good, phew, I don't have to deal with this.
1: One less thing I have to One less about. thing I
0: have to deal with. You know, I've got the kids and I've got my own job and I've got the volunteer hours and everything else. So I think, I think that we do that. And I also think that especially that younger generation haven't yet felt their sort of vulnerability in the world, right? So if you're a millennial and you're maximum 40 years old, You're probably like, I got a long life. I don't have to worry about retirement yet. He can handle that. He can decide. He knows more about it than I do. 85% of married women believe their partners, their spouse, knows more about financial matters than they do. It's crazy. Hmm. Yeah, well, a story I like to tell is that um, I was with my son at the world premiere, and because of COVID, it was a drive-in. And so halfway through. That's the,
1: really cool, by the way.
0: Yeah, it was different. It was different. You know, it's, it's kind of hard because you can't see whether the audience is laughing at the parts you expect them mm. to. And so it's, it's different. But um, I turned to the back seat halfway through the film to see if, you know, my kids were still awake. And my son was on his phone. And I was like, oh, seriously? Really? And he goes, Mom, I'm checking my credit score. And this is my 25-year-old oh, wow. son. Yeah. And I thought, that's awesome. Like, that is awesome. Yes, the film was made primarily with a female audience in mind, but the film is having impact on men and women. And in fact, after that screening, my son said to me, mom, like I don't think you should have the, the, the tagline say women and money because your characters are women. Yeah, but these are lessons that everybody can learn from.
1: So that actually brings me to the one thing I wanted to ask you is like, does the disparity found in the women that you interviewed does it spill over into the LGBTQIA plus community as well?
0: Oh, absolutely. So interesting uh, fact that so. Let's see, UBS, the 2019 um, UBS study, Own Your Worth, um, is fascinating and it's filled with facts and it, and it really focuses on this. And they say that even in single sex marriages, so say two women, one tends to handle the finances more than the other. And one of them believes that the other person is more financially savvy. So it does spill into it, and I think you'd probably find that, although I haven't studied this, it's likely that you're gonna find that um, in same-sex marriages with men as well. It's rare that you know two people equally contribute to financial planning. So you know what is it? In heterosexual relationships, is it because we're afraid of emasculating our husband? Society pretty much tells men that it is their responsibility to handle the finances in the family, and so is it emasculating? I mean, when women do assert themselves and want to take part, does it mean that we don't trust them? Does it mean that we don't um, you know believe that they can actually do it? And I think secretly deep down, yes, there are men that are in the industry and that feel very comfortable taking on that role. They would likely be comforted by knowing that their partner understands finances and is financially savvy so that if something ever happened to him, they could take the financial reins, right? And, and handle the family without them. So I think that many well-intended husbands would feel comforted by knowing that their partners were financially savvy. Um, but it's, and I have to say that, you know, men are not innately more savvy about money than women, but they do feel this pressure to take on that role. They do feel pressure to take on that role, and as whoever it is that's handling the personal finances, as they dig in and learn more, you know, make decisions about long-term financial planning and what to invest in and whether they're investing in stocks, bonds, or crypto, they become more financially savvy, and their partner that's on the sidelines does not.
1: And it's interesting. So, so my wife and I um, recently—I'd probably say—in the last. Last year, and we've been together for 20 years, and just in the last year, the conversations around investing and all those different things have increased. The amount of time we spend talking to each other about those things have become more and more and more, and it's been really interesting to see how the dynamic changes when we talk about making purchases, when we talk about... Where are kids gonna go to school? Um, When we talk about a number of different things, like going to the grocery store has even changed dramatically after having those conversations. And what it makes me wonder from your perspective, as, as we see all the signals of the economy slowing down with there being more tightening around lending and all these different things, how do you see that impacting women? Over the next five years,
0: well, I think for married women it, and and for couples in general, I think it it makes it even more important for the couple to talk about money um, because it's likely that whoever is the primary, um, say you know breadwinner or the person who's primarily responsible for making the long term financial decisions. Um, it, it, pressure's on that person, right? If suddenly the economy is, the stock market's going crazy, the pressure on them to uh, manage family finances is is intense. And so having conversations, and I think often it's about how you have the conversation. So rather than saying things like, I'm going to switch over some money from the 401k to the 529, because I think that's better use of money. And then You know, but if you look at the compounding interest that's going on with the credit card, (laughs) I I mean, it's likely that Head starts to spin. Exactly. Head starts to spin. She's, you know, suddenly is tuning out. Not because she's not smart enough to understand it, but because somehow it brings on that sense of ambient belonging and you just feel like almost overwhelmed. There's also a, a certain amount of shame that women feel. We know that we're supposed to be on top of these things. We know that we're supposed to know what that is. I mean... I went to business school. I knew there were taxes, and yet when my first taxes came through as a single woman, I was like, "Oh my god! You mean spousal support doesn't have taxes taken out already?" <laughs> I mean, that was a horrible awakening yeah. for me. Right? That was, I mean, but duh, how obvious? Those are things I should have known. So I think these in, in, these conversations between um, uh, partners are going to become even more important. And you know, how about maybe approaching the conversation with what do you think about this? Or here are our options. We could either keep the money in the 401k, or we can contribute to the 529 for our kids' college. Mm-hmm. Or here's what we're faced with right now. What do you think we should do? That brings a woman in, right? That brings a woman into the conversation. And I think that's important. It's not always easy. you know. We're There are differences between men and women. There are different ways that we approach things. So If you're a husband, you know, that's a lot of work to have to always constantly think about how you need to speak to your wife about money so that she can understand and not be intimidated and not get impatient and want to walk away. If you're a financial advisor, this is essential. You have got to understand what your female clients are facing and what concerns they have around money. And you need to change the way you speak about money in order to retain your female clients.
1: There's so much packed into that. (laughs) <laughs> and I appreciate you diving into that level of detail. I want to kind of just shift gears a little bit here and and think about when somebody walks away after screening the film. What is it that you're you're hoping that they take away? And I know you've hit on it a little bit here and there, but I want, I want to just kind of distill it down.
0: Well, this is an interesting thing for for documentary filmmakers because You present an issue. And as you said, you know, that we tended to not just, you don't want to beat people over the head just with the, you know, all the horrible facts that's happening in life. People are going to leave the theater feeling like they need to go have a shot of tequila. But you want to provide them with some hope and some resources to make things better. And I felt that was especially important for Savvy Documentary. So with the help of a company called Plus Media Solutions, we developed the Savvy Impact Hub. And we put the QR code up at the end of the film or perhaps on the backsplash of the post-screening discussion. And people can link to that, go to the Savvy Impact Hub and immediately find things like, how do I find financial advice for free if I'm getting divorced? Or how do I check my credit score for free? Where do I, do I even qualify for a financial advisor? Because what we've learned from, uh, you know, exit poll, uh, excuse me, So, what we've learned from exit polls is that the audience is motivated to take action and take immediate action. Mm. They want to start investing right away. They want to know what the best app is. They want to know what the best credit card is to apply for. So, even though I'm not a financial planner, I am not a financial expert. I did bring some on to help create this impact hub because I did feel that it was my social responsibility if I'm going to bring up the issue of women and money. Um, to give them at least some sort of resources that they can take the first step to becoming more financially savvy.
1: Deliver some of the solutions to them as well.
0: At least give them options.
1: Yeah. As we look at these gaps that, that appear today, and hopefully they start to close more and more as films like Savvy go further and further. If you were speaking to a fintech founder about, how they could best help close that gap, what advice would you give them?
0: Well, first, I'd like to say that I'm a big fan in some of these new fintech um, apps that are making things like investing so accessible um, or are making saving money really easy for kids. I mean, the, the apps that are on our phones now, um, whether it's you know, Betterment or Robinhood or stash i mean they're they're awesome the issue i have is that clicking the box that says yes i understand so clicking that disclaimer is not really giving anybody an education on how to use it and when we're not considering about you know the the negative ramifications of not understanding what you have to to lose Mm -hmm. if you're using some of these apps it's pretty dangerous we've already seen some issues happen right uh, with some kids that got way deep way over their skis with investing through these apps because it's so easy and accessible, so I think that that's um, I think that's important. I'm really hopeful and I'm grateful to the fintech industry for creating these apps that make accessibility um, so available you know to everybody um, and I'm also grateful to know that there is a concern for financial literacy, so I think it It'll be really interesting to see whether this does change. In 10 years from now, will that generation be more financially savvy? I hope so.
1: The most common cause of bad customer experience isn't that high tech. It's embarrassingly simple. Yep, it's answering questions. In e-commerce, it's really easy to get bogged down with common questions, whether that's, where's my package? How do I return or exchange this item or just to cancel a subscription? SolvePath is an AI-driven customer support system that enhances the customer experience with visual formats and self-serve technology to empower your customers to handle their own support requests. Get the best customer support system for your business. Get SolvePath. Get started by visiting GetSolvePath.com. What does it mean to you for the film, being able to participate and to screen it at a technology conference focused around finances?
0: No, this has been awesome. Now I want to find a bunch more of these type of conferences because people actually really care, right? Having standing room only in that screening, uh, even if people came in halfway through the, through the film, was a great feeling because um, as a filmmaker, that's what you want, right? You want butts and seats and you want people to appreciate the film. That's always the scariest thing as a as a creator. You're putting yourself into this work, and when you put it out there for the world, you want it to be appreciated. So, bringing it to to this conference and to the fintech conference, I think has been incredible. Um, and I love the the feedback that we're getting on how people really appreciate the content in Savvy Documentary.
1: So we're almost done, but I have to ask you as as a creator as well. I'm always thinking about the next thing that I, I can create or a different way I can approach something. What is the next topic that's like, or topics that are kind of floating around in your head that you'd like to attack or tackle?
0: Well, of course, reproductive rights. And I think clearly we need to um, address that. And the challenge there is to think about how to make an original film um, about a woman's right to choose. So that's in the back of my mind. I'm starting to have some... (laughs) uh, Some interviews about that, not filming interviews, but just doing a little bit of research. I also think there's more to be done maybe in a series format um, about money and not just women and money, but people and money. You know, I wish that the major platforms, I wish that the major networks could um, appreciate the the value of content such as we have in, in Savvy Documentary. Um, all the major networks turned this down for acquisition. And um, it leads me to believe that if you're not making a film that's salacious about sex or drugs or violence, it's really hard to um, make any money by making films. So as much as I'd like to say, well, I'll just make a film that w- on a whim, whatever uh, moves me, I also have to think about, is there an audience for that? And then I also think about, you know, is, is there, who's going to pay for it? Are there funds to, to, to make this film? Does that make sense? No, totally. Like how do you sense. how do you fund a film like that? But it's it's a fun part to be and I love the the public speaking and I love taking savvy around um, to conferences and to private corporate audiences. So that's a really rewarding um, benefit once you've finished a film.
1: So I know you mentioned during the screening that it is only private screenings right now. What is the best way for people to learn more about Savvy to reach out if they want to get a private screening, and to be and I, I'm I'm gonna just a little um, forward shadow a little bit here and be notified when it's available on a public
0: platform. Yeah. So on our um, website, you can join our mailing list. Uh, it's FinishLineFeatureFilms.com. Uh, we also uh, list public screenings. We did just get off the film festival circuit. Now it's on the film festival circuit in Europe. Um, But it, you know, we did have some public screenings. And every once in a while there are individuals and communities that want to do community gathering screenings. And we will always list those on our website. You know, conferences, that's great. But of course, then you got to buy the big ticket to get there. (laughs) I will say that sometimes for, you know, a $25 donation to my 501c3, I will send people links to view the film. I get some really incredible uh, emails from people saying they've heard about it and they really want to see it. They're going through divorce or or they're in a situation where they feel like they're being financially abused. And, you know, of course, I have to share the film with people Mm -hmm. like that. I also get hit up all the time to do um, uh, screenings for nonprofit communities and for education. um, And I and of course, I I do that. But I also have to make a living. Um, And that's a real difficult pull, right? So as an independent filmmaker, I need to Support myself. I need to keep the production team alive, um, the production company alive, but I also feel a social tug to get the film out there to as vast as of an audience as possible. So at some point, I'll put it up on streaming, um, probably Amazon Prime. We'll see. They have my other films. uh, Probably sometime next spring.
1: Fantastic, Robin. I appreciate all the depth you've gone into. How you've expressed and explained so many things today. Is there anything that, that I missed that you wanted to make sure that everybody heard and understood about what you're working on and, and how important the film is?
0: Well, I mean, thank you for that. I, I just want to say that anybody that feels overwhelmed by the subject of money, I just want to try to convince them that you don't have to be an expert to make smart money decisions. And, you know, just jump in little by little. There are also some incredible people out there that will give free financial advice. Savvy Ladies is one of them. Um, and these are women who are trained in finance and are willing to get on the phone and help you through a uh, financial crisis or just if you know that you've been on the sidelines for too long and you want to start digging in.
1: Fantastic. Well, what I'm going to go ahead and do is I'm going to put links to your website, to the trailer. The trailer is awesome, by the way. Uh, we'll, we'll do the trailer. We'll get all that stuff in there. If people want to contribute and help you on your journey, we'll make sure to have all that in there as well. And I really appreciate it. I'm